What's up, everybody? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Thursday, May 9th, 2019. I'm one of your hosts, Greg Miller, alongside the busiest lady in the business, Andrea Renee. What's good, Greg? Nothing. <laughs> I went to bed Aww. at 8.45, Andrea. Good for you. I slept till 6.45. I woke up with a splitting headache. Oh, I don't no. know what is going on with my body. Dehydrated, maybe. I guess so, yeah. But I drank a ton of water yesterday. I hear I, your nose is a little stuffy. You think it's oh, all just moved up? Because it's that stupid thing where I had that dumb head cold that just keeps moving well, around. If you're not breathing correctly while you're sleeping, you're not going to get a full night of sleep. Well, what can I do? I mean, about it. It's not in a... Mucinex? Yeah, but I don't want to take any more pills. I've taken a lot of pills. You know what? Dude, science exists for a reason. Just take the goddamn I've pills. I've got the thing for you. Yeah? I'll give it to you after the show. I think I have one in my bag. And if okay. not, I'll tell you where you can get okay. it. It's an all-natural herbal remedy. Here we go. Here we go. Slow down, all right? You know what I mean? She's going to get her little pestle and mortal and do this, (laughs) take part of my hair, put it in there. How you it's doing, just Andrew? Zarbies, everyone. Um, I'm good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, been a very busy week. Obviously, you know we're in the countdown to E3. I'll say it. Oh, there it is. We yeah. had a we had a special guest on what's good last night. Um, Kelsey Impichke from BuzzFeed Multiplayer. Oh, nice. I'd never um, hosted anything with her, and she is excellent. Was she in town or she skyped in? She skyped in from gotcha. LA. Nice, yeah. nice, 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 nice. That's you awesome. Know, that's where all the cool YouTube kids are. Los Angeles. I don't know about that. Kevin, we're cool, you two kids. We're right up here, aren't we? I keep telling us to move. Oh, okay. <laughs> Listen, I'm stumping for Kind of Funny to move to L.A., okay? They're all like, ooh, we have lives here. Andrew, when people want to watch that, where, where, where can they watch it? When can they watch it? Uh, they can watch it Fridays at 8 a.m. Pacific time at whatsgoodgames.com slash podcast. You can get a list of all the platforms we're on or youtube.com slash whatsgoodgames. Great. We'll throw all that shit out your head. This is Kind of Funny Games <laughs> Daily. Today we're talking about Nintendo's E3 plan, Days Gone sales in Japan, more Gearbox stuff, and so much more. Because this is Kind of Funny Games Daily. Each and every weekday on a variety of platforms, we run you through the nerdy video game news you need to know about. If you like that, be part of the show. Patreon.com slash Games. There you can leave your questions, your comments, your concerns, your squad up requests, and everything else under the video game sun. Then tune in to Twitch.tv slash Games. Watch us record the show live. If you're watching live, you have a special job. Go to KindOfFunny.com slash You're Wrong and tell us what we screw up as we screw it up so we can set the record straight for everybody watching later on YouTube.com slash KindOfFunnyGames games roosterteeth.com and podcast services around the globe housekeeping for you today this doesn't help you it's confusing it's one of those days (laughs) too many live events are happening right we are here live right now 10 a.m of course pacific time at 11 30 a.m pacific time ghost recon is doing their reveal event we'll have that for you tomorrow then today playstation is doing their state of play event at 3 p.m pacific time we'll talk about that tomorrow however if you want to see us live reacts to state of play today you can catch that on twitch.tv slash kind of funny games at 3 p.m if you're saying hey wait a second though i got a notification that I'm a Patreon person. I can watch you guys record the Kind of Funny Gamescast today at 2 p.m. You're not going to do an hour-long Gamescast, are you? Of course not. We'll do the pre-show. We'll start the Gamescast. Then we're going to pause the Gamescast, switch over to watch State of Play, then come back and do the Gamescast and finish it all off and talk about it there. Uh, It's a bad idea. A lot of content today, Kev. I'm just saying this is a bad idea. What's the bad idea? What's the bad idea? Well, just cutting the show in half. What do you want to do? I don't know. Do it earlier or later? Nah, dude. Oh, fuck. We have a movie tonight. Detective Pikachu. You're, You're not, not going? going? No. I'm you going. You bought tickets. I did. I did. 
Well, it's the thing is that we bought tickets. And we're we all have- going to see it, and then we're going to do interview tomorrow for Detective Pikachu, right? Then, guess what? Interview we're gets not. punted till next week. I'm not even on it anymore because I'm a judge week. All right, cool. I'll still go see the movie. Then Tim comes out yesterday. I was like, guess what? They added a Dolby showing of Detective Pikachu. Now everybody's switching their tickets. You can switch your ticket. And I'm like, this is complicated. I'm going to see it at the Alamo on Saturday with Jen. Bye. That's what I did. Never but, coming out with us. But I have breaking news for interview that doesn't pertain to this show at all. Mm. Today, when I have a moment of silence and peace around here, which never happens, Kevin, uh-huh. I'm buying a list movie pass, whatever the fuck with yeah? all of you. Tim sold me on it yesterday in terms of like, he's like, yeah? it's, it's cheaper. Just do it. It'll help for interview. And I'll do it. So I'm doing that. So there you go. Here's, here's my thing. Why not company expense it for all of us? All of us now use it for work. You know what I mean? I mean, I think you have to take that up with Tim Tam. No, he's, he's just going to say no. Cause he sucks. I don't know how to tell him that yesterday he expensed it for Nick and Andy. I fucking knew it. So I, don't I fucking knew it. I don't know what's going on. I, when Nick talked about I'm it. definitely expensive. I I'm knew not it. Fucking buy Give me your either. fucking card. I'm expensive that shit too. I fucking hate you people. Hey, it's a work so expense, Kevin. So a lot of live streams happening today. Hang out with us and do it. We'll all have fun together. Uh, more housekeeping. Thank you to our Patreon producers, Tom Bach, Blackjack, Mohammed, Mohammed. Today we're brought to you by Hims in 23andMe, but I'll tell you about that later for now. Let's begin the show with what is and forever will be the Roper Report. Time for some news. Six items on the Roper Report. A baker's dozen. We're getting close, you know what I mean? It's E3, so things are warming up. It's financial year. Some of them are short, some of them aren't. Here's one that starts with a no duh, and then we get a little bit of tidbits in there that are interesting. Number one, let's talk about Nintendo's E3 plan. They released a press release today that reads like this. Nintendo has outlined its plans for the E3 2019 video game trade show which takes place june 13th through the 13th at uh, the 11th through the 13th did i screw that up as i yeah. said 13 the second time i was like oh, sorry. june 11th through the 13th at the los angeles convention center the weekend before the show includes two competitions featuring top players of the super smash brothers ultimate and splatoon 2 games from around the world okay no doubt returning activities during the week include a nintendo direct presentation on the morning of june 11th at 9 a.m pacific time again no duh they always do the tuesday thing however (laughs) focusing on entirely new software scheduled to launch in 2019 there's the interesting thing remember that we'll get back to and uh nintendo treehouse live a daily live stream from e3 featuring live gameplay and in-depth analysis of games featured at e3 nintendo will feature many playable nintendo switch games at its booth and a new warp Pipe Pass will help transport people to a priority access part of lines for select games. Warp Pipe Pass. Say that five times fast. You screwed it up. Uh, Andrea. I love you, Kevin. As usual, no duh. We're going to do this. We're going to have it there. Does the fact they're talking about entirely software and entirely launching in 2019 get you? Um, I think this is an obviously because they've already announced they're not talking about hardware plans, which I think is a little bit of a bummer. Um, we obviously have speculated quite a bit on what the next thing for Switch could look like, whether it's more powerful, whether it's, whether it's less powerful, designed for more family friendly audiences. Writes into <laughs> patreon.com slash kind of funny games and says, Good morning, Greg and Andrea. Nintendo announced their E3 press conference, Nintendo Direct Plans, and specifically mentioned a focus on software, leaving talks of hardware to speculation. A lot of conflicting rumors are swirling around when exactly new hardware will be released. Summer, fall, not at all. 
When do you think we will see a new Nintendo Switch hardware be released? If I had to take bets, I'd say a more portable unit would be co-released with a new Pokemon or maybe Animal Crossing this fall. As for powerful, as, power, as for a new powerful Switch, I don't see it being released this year. Thanks for all you guys do. Evan M. Just want to get him on, out there. I want him on the playing field. Evan M's out there. You know what I mean? Thanks, Evan. Um, I think that it's become clear that we probably won't get any new hardware in 2019, uh, aside from maybe some new colored Joy-Cons mm-hmm. or maybe something with the Pro Controller, because it, I thought the statement you know, the president made was very clear. I think that was, what, a month ago? This is maybe a kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong, where he's like, we will talk about hardware when we're ready to release the hardware. Yeah. So I don't anticipate any hardware happening this year. And if it does, it probably wouldn't happen until holiday. I fully expect Nintendo to focus E3 this year on Pokemon Sword and Shield because they generally tend to pick one tentpole title to center most of their coverage around. Last year it was Super Smash Bros. The year before it was Breath of the Wild. So I think that this year... Or maybe it was Breath of the Wild in 2016. Uh, that's what I'm confused about. Yeah, for the launch year of Last year was Switch. Super Mario Odyssey. Or 2017 was Super that's Mario That's right. Odyssey. So last year was Smash. Then it was... <clears throat> no, that doesn't make sense. Last year was Smash. Yeah. Okay, yeah. cool. So I think that it's going to be all Pokemon all the time, but clearly they want to What about Animal Crossing? That's what it's got to be, Andrea. I mean, they Fuck might announce... Fuck your ideas of new hardware. I don't no, give a listen, shit. They'll announce Animal Crossing potentially. They fucking better. They promised me 2019. All right? Reggie promised to me on his deathbed. But when you're Nintendo and you've got Pokemon or Animal Crossing, clearly one of those is wildly more popular than the other. Sure. Animal Crossing, it sucks. Mm. No, No, I'm not. But I don't think I'm I'm with you. All right. I I think, yes, the booth is going to be Pokemon decked out. Right. Mm -hmm. It's going to be about that. But I mean, the year we're talking about and confusing the years where that was the year where like Switch's first year where it was. They had Odyssey and they did have Zelda stuff, too. You can have a booth that has two major components to Oh, it. absolutely. And to be clear, I'm not saying that they're not going to have anything else, yeah. but we have seen over the last few years that they've chosen to spotlight one major title sure. and then all the other titles are, you know, a little bit less emphasized. Yeah. I, f- I still I still believe in my heart of hearts Animal Crossing is coming 2019. I still believe at this conference that we'll get our first look at it, get a, a date or window, whether they say fall or winter or something to that effect, and then, yeah, it'll be playable out there on the floor. But, yeah, I agree that I think they're going to really double down on Sword and Shield, obviously, the one we know the most about, and obviously, yes, the one that's more popular and more uh out there for people. Uh, to your point, the nanobiologist writes in and says, Andrea, you are correct about Nintendo not talking about hardware this year. The official statement, quote, as a general rule, we're always working on new hardware and we will announce it when we are able to sell it, end quote, said uh, uh, Furukawa, told reporters in Osaka. Uh, quote, but we have no plans to announce that at this year's E3 in June. So there you go. So yeah, when do, do you do you see the hardware coming out? Do you see the revisions this year, though? Like, to Evan M's question, cool, E3's off the table, apparently. Don't trust anybody, you know what I mean? Don't trust anybody. Because this E3 Direct from Nintendo, they're still going to tease something that's coming in 2020. They say it's all 2019, they're liars. Anyways, I digress. Nintendo's still a publicly traded company. It behooves them to get investors excited about what's coming down the road for them. I don't think he would make that statement if they were ready to put new hardware SKUs into the oh, ecosystem. No, no, no. So, I'm, I'm with no, you. No, Greg. I don't think we're going to see hardware at E3. No. That's not what I was saying. I apologize. Let's <laughs> okay. dial, dial it back. What I was saying is oh, software. 
you are going to see games, <laughs> at least one game that's coming in 2020 at this Nintendo presentation. Yes. As the breadcrumb to keep you excited about Nintendo's whole thing. Yes. And I was saying now that that's off the table, when do you think you see a hardware review? Do you think you do see something for this year? I, no. I think spring 2020 seems like a, a good time to inject a new skew into the Nintendo Switch ecosystem because switch launched in the spring sure so why not on the what would it be the third year anniversary of the switch um spring 2020 mm-hmm. I, I like Eminem's line of thinking that pokemon again like you're saying mm-hmm. incredibly popular right and very popular with younger kids it's the reason i think that two uh yeah the, what was it the nintendo 3ds 2ds right the one that looks like a doorstop the one that didn't fold yeah exactly mm-hmm. that was designed for children right in a way that all right cool here you go and i think that people uh, especially nerd gamers like us with kids are looking for a way to just toss the kids a switch and forget about it but not have it be their fancy one they want to take on business trips or to the bathroom to get away from their i would kids hope yelling yeah 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 that that skew comes after the switch pro i'm using air quotes here yeah, okay because i would love to see Switch Pro launch spring 2020 alongside Metroid. Mm, right? Yeah. Wouldn't that be nice? That'd be very nice. That'd be very, very nice. Okay. I don't or think it's going to happen, but I would like to see it. Or alongside Persona 5, which will one day come to the Switch. Keep dreaming, Greg. Don't listen to Barrett. <laughs> keep dreaming. I will keep dreaming. Someone has to be happy. God damn it. <laughs> Number two. Guess what, Andrew? What, Greg? Days Gone is selling great in Japan. This is James Bachelor over at GamesIndustry.biz. Zombie Adventure Days Gone <laughs> enjoyed a strong debut in PlayStation's home market of Japan, outselling one of the PlayStation 4's biggest hits. Uh, data from Famitsu, translated by Gamatsu, shows the game sold. Uh, I'm going to round down, right? Uh, 114,000 box copies in its opening, opening week from April 22nd to the 28th. Push Square observes that God of War only managed 46,000 units in its opening Opening year last week. Opening week last year. Days Gone is only just short of outperforming 2017's Horizon Zero Dawn, which debuted at just about uh, 117,000 sales in Japan. The site notes that the previous game's figures are from Media Create rather than Famitsu, so there may be slight discrepancies. And, as always, Famitsu's only account for physical copies, so total sales will be higher when digital is included. Days Gone, of course, also debuted at number one in the UK and held on to the top of the charts for a second week running <laughs> due to a quiet week with few new releases. Congrats, Sony Bend. Excellent news. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, great studio. I'm happy they're happy. Uh, yeah. I mean, obviously, I didn't think the game was amazing, but I enjoyed it enough. It was me. I, I always say mediocre, right? I don't think it hit the line of good for me. But this is something interesting I've been seeing a lot online, right, Andrea, is the push and pull very publicly between what critics said in scores were given and what the audience is saying while they play it, right? And I find it very interesting and complicated in a lot of ways. Because what I'm seeing is, and I'm getting looped into a lot of the conversations, right? Because I was very vocal of like, I don't think it's a great, I don't think it's a good game. I don't think it's a bad game. To be clear, if you missed our games, uh, game cast review, right? Like, it's not by, it's by no means a bad game. Oh, definitely not. It's just I think it goes on too long. I don't think the systems are that great. I don't find it that rewarding. I can see why people are having fun with it. And what I'm finding interesting in the discussion around it and some of the yelling around it is people losing sight of the difference between reviewing a product as a, hey, I'm trying to review it as a game journalist or critic, whatever you want to say, right? And then being a player with a product. And it's something we've walked the line is kind of funny with me in particular of coming from IGN and review background to then just being a personality and playing a game for a couple hours and being like, liked it, didn't like it, blah, blah, blah. And just talking about it on the games cast, right? I feel it's telling when I read these comments where people are, especially on Instagram where I see it happening or when I get looped into a Twitter thread where people are like, 
yeah, well, it's crashed to me a bunch of times, and I didn't like this mechanic, but I'm having fun with this game. I don't understand why I got the scores it's got, and I'm like, that's why. You just you just said why, right? Like, it crashed a bunch on you, and you aren't enjoying aspects of it. You can sit there and say a game is not good and not and not mean that it's terrible, that it's broken, that it's a five. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That it's a four, that it's somewhere down that scale. And it's been fascinating to watch how people are wrestling with that right now mm-hmm. have you seen this like where, where are you at with days gone i remember when we did review you were closing in on the finish did you ever get to it no so i i put it aside because i was having too many issues with bugs but i talked to brit at length about this on the show which uh, you can hear again on friday um but what i was happy to hear is that her game breaking bug has now been fixed oh great um and so it seems like the latest patches i think is 1.7 um, has fixed a lot of the issues, not only that she was um, suffering from, but, but that I was. And so I told her, I was like, well, that's great to hear because I had put it down because I was like, you know what? I'm just getting frustrated. Yeah. And that is an unfortunate circumstance of us playing pre-release code is sure. that a lot of times those bugs can't be addressed um, and can't be fixed right away. And I know that they pushed, I think, five patches total in the time that we had yeah, the code one of the, before oh, I launch. think when we were down at Gearbox, one of the stories they did on the show was like, there's been a Days Gone patch every day for the past week or something to that effect. Yeah, so they've clearly been working over time to fix the uh, technical issues in the game, which I'm really glad for. And I'm actually looking forward to going back in and, and jumping back in and really experiencing it without any of those bugs and seeing if I change my opinion. Yeah. I still think that there's some core gameplay design underlying that sure. is always going to just fundamentally not resonate with me. Yeah. But it doesn't mean I won't be able to enjoy my time with the game. Of course. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. Like, right. We were talking about it in the review. And one of my main problems is like, I think taking on a horde is awesome. That's so much fun. It gets introduced. So 50 hours the into game. the game like yeah. why wasn't I doing that earlier honestly for me personally outside of the fact that I've been uh, you know very clear about this before I, I know a lot of people at Sony Ben a lot of uh, for years I've known a lot of them obviously I cheer for them um, it sucked that the game didn't resonate with me and I didn't enjoy it on that level and like you know I think the most telling thing right is like when we were talking about the review and being done with it Tim's like are you gonna platinum and I'm like no I'm not going back to days gone um what gets me excited about these sales and the fact that there is clearly an audience re- that it's resonating with and that they're enjoying it in spite of, or maybe they're not even having the problems that we all had, that I had. This gets me super excited for the sequel. I want there to be a sequel. I definitely don't want Sony Ben to be closed, right? Like I've enjoyed a lot of their games. I think there are obviously a lot of great people. I don't want to see anybody out of a job, but I do really dig the fact that if it's resonating with people and then they can take all the feedback that people, even the people who like it or people who didn't like it into account and come back and give us a game and give us a game that either is filled with more stuff to do, uh, a better reward loop, shorter, whatever, like come in and take the very ambitious title you made and put out, right? And come out of the gates with a number two that's even better, that has a different thing on it, that, you know, corrects the problems I think most people are having. That'd be awesome. Indeed. Indeed. Kevin, you ever going to play? Did you play Days Gone? I forget. Um, I started to play it, yeah. but I have this problem where I immediately was like, oh, I don't like how this looks. I, I want to play something else yeah and i think it has to do with the fact that is the video that we were testing uh it was the trailer for days gone was the one we were testing um to find out if the computer had a stutter so now when i play it at home it makes me very uncomfortable gotcha gotcha i've seen that trailer hundreds of times gotcha okay fair (laughs) uh number three this is from pc gamer and andy chalk andy chalk had an interview with ceo of EA Andrew Wilson where they're talking about EA and the cha- how EA is going to change the future of releasing games or how the future of releasing games is changing right uh, they were talking obviously about the launch of Anthem and all these different things they learned there right and so jumping out of that conversation this is how it had to go quote that 
that obviously, and they're talking about going from a single player games to games as a service, obviously has an impact on development and QA processes. But EA is also examining how it presents new games to potential audiences with an eye toward managing expectations. Wilson said that in Asia, major online games generally go through a soft launch and multiple community tests before anything goes live, which enables EA to get a better idea of how they'll behave at scale. In the West, however, major publishers have stuck with older conventions, a quote, dip I'm sorry, drip feed approach, end quote, to to marketing to build up the appetite and excitement for the game. That leads straight to release. Uh, Here's the quote. Quote, as games have gotten bigger, that system isn't working as well as it has in years gone by. So what you should expect from us is that it's not just about changing the development processes in the game. It's not just about changing the QA process in the game, although both of those things are being changed dramatically inside our organization right now. But it also comes down to changing how we launch games. You should expect that we'll start to test things like soft launches, the same things that you see in the mobile game space right now, and it also comes down to changing how we communicate with players. Our entire marketing organization now is moving out of presentation mode and into conversation mode and changing how we interact with players over time, end quote. Wilson believes that change in approach should help ensure that games run better and more reliably when they go fully live and will also help players, quote, understand exactly what it is they're going to be playing and how they're going to be playing both on the day of launch and over time, end quote. Then back to another quote. We think that we're in a really good position for this. I think this gets really hard if you don't have scale to do this. And so we feel very good about it, Wilson said. And over time, we hope that we can lead Lead from the front and help other developers and publishers change the way they do things as well. End quote. Um, EA gets shit on all the time, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, Anthem obviously was a complete cur- fucking quagmire of a launch and everything else, whatever. I know you need to judge on actions and not on words. I like what he's saying here. I like what Wilson's saying here. I like, I feel like as an industry, if we are going to be like, you guys fucked up Anthem. You fucked up microtransactions. You da, da 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 right? We also need to say, okay, this sounds like the right thing. Will it actually be how it goes? Da 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 da, et cetera, et cetera, so on. I don't fucking know. But I like this. I like this approach of like, yep, we learned a lot from our fuck up, and we now understand that this is not how uh, you know games are right now in 2019, or at least even in the West, right? Like we need to adopt a different style in terms of how this works and how to make it better and how to make sure. Players know what they're getting, so we don't have these explosions of Anthem is not what we were promised, right? Absolutely. I think this is what a lot of players have been asking for, just some communication, right? EA has been notorious for not being as communicative with their player base as some other publishers are, and I think that speaks to just how large of a company they are and the global reach that they have that maybe they felt that they couldn't have that conversation effectively. But I'm glad that, you know, Andrew got out here and and made this statement. As you mentioned, we don't know exactly what this means. Of course. Going forward, right? Maybe maybe it is the same old song and dance for the next five years. I'm like, well, this was empty words, right? But again, I want to see this backed up. And it's what you're saying, too, that, yeah, they have been quiet, right? And that's something that worked against them, even with Anthem as Bioware. And I would assume Mm -hmm. that part of you being quiet is the fact that overarching is like, well, no, that's not how we do it. We don't talk to our audience that way. You would hope that, yeah, all the stumbles and falls they've had here in recent memory influence the decision to be like, okay, you know what we're not going to be like that and the new directive is talk to the audience and the new directive is admit what you can even when it's bad news but get out there and talk about it because that's again 
if you talk to your audience about anything, mm-hmm. they understand. And they may not like the answers, but at least they're like, well, at least you're shooting straight with me and you're talking to us about this. Generally speaking, most reasonable, pe- reasonable people are willing to have a dialogue or have a conversation yeah. about it. Now, let's be honest. Like, there's always going to be people who are going to hate EA sure. from now until the end of time sure. because they have whatever reason they have. But I think that steps like this are in the right direction to potentially winning some of those players back that said, hey, you know what? You've been doing some pretty egregious things lately and I'm not cool with that so I'm just going to go spend my dollar somewhere else and so maybe you know this is a step in the right direction for EA to say hey don't forget you know we make all of these games and yeah we made some mistakes but we want to learn from those mistakes and move forward. The only way EA can ditch being the worst company in America or world or all that shit the most evilest company whatever fucking thing they win all the time in this internet unpopularity contest right is by showing that they're human Mm -hmm. and you show your human by allowing the people who make the games to talk to the people who play their games. Yeah, and you have to be vulnerable, right? You have 100%. to be able to admit when you've made mistakes yep. and, and talk about them. That authenticity is something that we all are craving and we are coming to expect these days with the transparency that we're sure. getting you know, in these digital media formats and this idea that we can always be connected and talking to each other. Yeah. So uh, I'm glad to hear that they're working on it. Yeah, yeah, and that's the thing I think... I, I, I hope this actually inspires and moves to action. That's the biggest thing. I like the words. Let's see if it actually plays out. Number four, speaking of words, Gearbox <laughs> is responding to the assault allegations. This is Emma Kent over at Eurogamer. I'm sure I don't need to recap it, but if I did, <laughs> we've been talking about since the Borderlands 3 reveal event. Uh, Randy did the microtransactions thing. It blew up on the internet. He went after Game Informer. It seemed like that was calming down. Then uh, Dave Eddings uh, came out. He's not the voice of Claptrap in this, and that it was because they didn't want to pay him. And then Randy tweeted out, well, it's because he's, he's disgruntled a little bitter. And then Dave Eddings was like, all right, gloves are off. Here's like nine tweets about how fucked up everything is there, and that they didn't they w- didn't pay me back in the day, but that was okay. And then they did this, and then Randy assaulted me at GDC and it's been a fucking shit show and we've talked about it just about every day even though it's like it's personal drama but then it encroached into the, the news and now it's in the news so you can't stop it here's the update from Emma Kent at Eurogamer. Uh, Eurogamer has received comment from Gearbox on the physical assault allegation made by David Eddings against Gearbox CEO Randy Pitchford. Here's the statement in full. Gearbox takes any and all claims of this nature very seriously, and we will abstain from commenting on the allegations Dave is making because it is a personal matter. We appreciate David's contributions to the Borderlands franchise and have continued to assert we will we would welcome him back into the mix as the voice of Claptrap and other future opportunities. End quote. That's the statement. Okay. <laughs> Got it. I wish there was a thing we're investigating. I wish that was the claim. You know, I, the, David tweeted before I saw this thing, uh, the statement yesterday. He tweeted like, glad Gearbox is taking this seriously. Da, da, da. And he's also, he's all, by the way, I also did report this back in the day. Nobody cared then. So who knows what the fuck's happening? I could have, I would have liked a stronger statement of we're investigating and talking to all parties. Ending on the whole thing of like, we'd also welcome them back into the mix. It's like, well, that's a weird thing to say right now. You know what I mean? Like, it's a, we're, we're in the middle of these, these allegations. I don't know if that's what we need to say. Well, I think they want to make sure that they're leaving the door open. Sure. But um, I'm just really not comfortable commenting on this situation. I have a longtime friendship with David Eddings. I have a lot of professional respect for Randy Pitchford. I don't know the specifics of 100%. the situation. So I'm just going to... Not comment. Totally fair. I mean, that's the thing is I like I we talked about on Monday, right? Like, mm-hmm. if it wasn't the news that he wasn't claptrap, I probably wouldn't have ever brought this into our ecosystem, right? Because it is like we, I said, two former friends going back and forth now in public, right? And now it's escalated to an assault charge, which is a or assault allegation, which is a di- completely different ball of wax. But 
what's Gearbox going to do and how's this all going to shake out or whatever. I don't know. I just want to get. I just want to play Borderlands Three. <laughs> Can we just play Borderlands Three, everybody? That's what I'd like to get to. Can we not make sure nobody's being fucking beaten up in a hotel lobby while they're trying? God damn it! Uh, that's the update, at least though, from what Gearbox is saying. Again, I wonder what it means. Like if they're act- what what they'll do with this. But again, they're not gonna comment because it's a personal matter. Even though, who knows? I don't know. I, I'd like to see that there's like some kind of gear, Gearbox Strike Force team or 2K Strike Force team <laughs> investigating. But I guess that's a bridge too far for right now. Number five, Sega has bought the two-point hospital developer. This is Matt Perslow over at IGN. Sega has acquired Two Point Studios as part of its Searchlight initiative. Two Point Studios developed and released Two Point Hospital last year with Sega on publishing duties. But the new deal sees the small British studio brought into the Sega stable of developers, which also includes Sports Interactive, Relic Entertainment, and Creative Assembly. Two Point Hospital is set in the fictional area of Two Point County, and the studio intends for a franchise of simulation games to take place in the same world. Sega says that Two Point Studios has multiple unannounced titles in development due to be revealed in the coming months, and so it seems sensible to expect more Two Point branded games. I know when Two Point Hospital dropped, everybody loved it. Like if you were one of these PC dorks, people were playing and having a great time. I saw Danny O'Dwyer all excited about it. I'm like, get out of here, loser. I gotta go get some trophies. You know what that I mean? That guy. You know what I mean? Uh, did you ever play Two Point? I did not, but yeah. Steven um, Spawn from Able Gamers recommended it. Yeah? Never mm. played it, though. Sorry, Steve. <laughs> Fuck you, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> you suck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's on PC, man. Exactly. We got things to do. You're playing <laughs> Destiny, Divisions. Uh, we gotta, I'm going to go to the hospital. Come on. I ain't got time for hospitals. Uh, good for them, though. Congratulations. Maybe Sega will port it to a console. Number six. Konami doesn't need us to be successful. This is James Bachelor over at GamesIndustry.biz. Konami has released its financial results and reports for another year of growth, uh, thanks to a mix of mobile games, esports, and the ongoing success of Pro Evolution Soccer. For the year ended March 31st, 2019, the company reported revenue is up 9.6 over the previous year, uh, and that's 9.6%. Uh, operative, operative profit, meanwhile, rose by 11.8%. Uh, profit before income taxes also grew up 12.5%, while profit for the year was reported at uh, 34.2 billion yen, uh, a year year inc- a year over year increase of 12.2%. Konami reports this marks five five consecutive years of profit growth and the second year running of record operating profit. As always, the digital entertainment segment, which includes Konami's video games, generated the most revenue at $1.28 billion. Uh, That's a 17.8% increase year over year from $1.09 billion. Uh, Highlighting the biggest success is in digital entertainment, Konami praised the ongoing success of the now two-year-old mobile title Yu-Gi-Oh! Duel Links, uh, which has surpassed 90 million downloads. The mobile version of Pro Evolution Soccer also grew its revenue thanks to fresh TV marketing. In terms of consoles and PC games, uh, Pez continues to be the big hit with that game's online mode. My club performing particularly well, thanks in part to the promotion with the mobile version. <sighs> when they when they moved away from Metal Gear, when they moved away from like the uh, the you know Castlevanias, we're all like, you're crazy. We're crazy. And then the people are like, oh, they got the they got the pachinko machines. They got the mobile. They'll be fine. Look at them now. Five years. They don't need us. It's like you're, you're just watching your ex. <laughs> You know what I mean? Our ex is just out there. Beautiful. Are you saying that you'll never play a Metal Gear again? No, of course not. Do you okay. mean me personally or do you think oh, they'll make I one mean again? I mean you personally. No, no, no. no. I, I was never part of the 
fuck Konami, like everything sucks, like we have to, like, don't get me wrong, I didn't play uh, Metal Gear Survive, like, what? Mm-hmm. no, no thank you. Um, don't get me wrong, I think uh, th- the company higher ups did Kojima dirty from what everything we know, again, it's, I want somebody to write the entire book about that, Schreier, I know you're listening. Um, I think that there's a lot of f- fucking, I mean, obviously, I, you know, Metal Gear Solid, one of my favorite franchises of all time, right? Like, I and obviously Kojima, a personal friend to, to some degree, not Jeff Keighley degree, but some degree. <laughs> uh, I think it sucks, but I also understand that, like we talked, just we talked about with the Pitchford thing throughout the week, right? Of like, there are hundreds of people who bust their ass to make whatever Metal Gear game or whatever they're working on the best it can be, right? And even with Survive, which didn't resonate for me, it wasn't like, fuck that in the ground, da da da. This is, we had the conversation yesterday of, separating the art from the artist you know what i mean vote with your wall the same mm-hmm. thing we have all the time and i didn't play metal gear survive because i just didn't like metal gear survive when i played the demo of it it wasn't a game i was looking for so on and so forth if they were to take and reboot and bring in whoever to give their own version of metal gear and do all these different things if they were to somehow and i know it's impossible but put twin snakes out on the switch right like Yes, I would want to play all those things. I'd want to buy them. I'd want, I'd be interested in them. I'd obviously want to see how the games play and look and all that different stuff. Obviously. Obviously. But it's more the fact that Konami's turned their back on us, so you'll never even get it. It's just going to be a Metal Gear Pachinko machine. You know what I mean? You would play the shit out of that. No. Maybe. <laughs> Probably. I'd buy. Yeah, you know, that's the hope. We get a big old office. We get a Metal Gear Pachinko machine, right? Yeah, dude. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. And the Ghostbusters one. Remember that Ghostbusters one from Peter Piper Pizza? Where I won all the tickets. That, where wasn't I shoot. A, that wasn't a pachinko machine. No, that was an arcade machine. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Someday we'll have a warehouse, a bunch of arcades. That's what I like to hear. What problem uh-huh. Do you like arcade games? Depends what the game is. Ugh. But we could play Time cl- time Crisis for hours, right? Like, Time no. Crisis is a great... Really? We, we'd play it for a couple... We'd play it for a week. and then we'd, I mean, look, we don't even play Smash here. Yeah, but, like, that's because you guys suck. Like, it came wow. out It came out wow. the week where everyone was like, oh, dude, I don't want to play a game. I I play, we played it the week it came out. No, we played it for like a day and a half. It was sad. Hmm. Anyways, back to this. Konami, still doing really well. Congratulations. Yeah, it'll be interesting whatever happens with Konami, whatever happens with Metal Gear. Like, I think, like anything else in the moment, everybody was so riled up and so angry and so, you know what I mean? But like, if it was, they brought in, I I feel, again, if I'm at Konami, it's the same thing though, back to what we're talking about with EA and putting humans first, right? I feel if you, if I was there and they were like, hey, we need to make a new Metal Gear game, we're bringing in Developer X. Developer X has been, or you know, and I'm talking about like person, right? Producer X, uh, mm-hmm. Director X. And Director X has been a Metal Gear fan their entire life, like you, Greg, da 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 Awesome. Like, I would put them out front and that would be the messaging, right? But I'm sure it, I, that's not how Konami usually rolls, right? And that's not how I feel most. Well, I guess that's not true. I feel like Konami doesn't roll that way. And I don't know. And would they be able to come out and say, yeah, I'm a huge Metal Gear fan. Uh, I, you know, Hideo Kojima means so much to me. I'm doing my own thing. We're doing our own thing in that kind of world. Like, I don't know if you could touch Snake or Big Boss or any of them. Like, I feel like that would be a bridge too far. But using the Metal Gear brand and either not rebooting or just telling a different story in the world, I think you could get away with. But you have to pay reverence to what's come before. And I worry that if the jerks at Konami are still there up top, are they going to put your the boot on your neck and never let you say that? Got to be honest, Greg. Yeah. Whatever, Andrew. A lot of this just went right over they my just say head. You, just say you nailed it, Greg. <laughs> just say you nailed it, Greg. You nailed it, Greg. Thank you very much. You know who else is nailing it? People putting out new games, and I'd love to list them. Andrea, where can I list them? Um, Why, Greg, you would go to kindoffunny.com slash store to buy that amazing pride shirt that you're wearing. That's right. I was waiting for my moment to sneak it in. You did good. 
You it's good. so good. I like this shirt I a lot. Good it. job, Andy Cortez. Good We're job, We're debuting Andy the What's Good Pride shirt on our anniversary stream Ooh. this Saturday. Oh, when's that? What time's that? 11 a.m. Pacific time to 3 p.m. Pacific time. Uh, Twitch.tv slash What's Good Games. Wow! It's our two-year anniversary. We turned two. Congratulations. Hey, thank that? you. Yeah. Yeah. Very yeah. exciting. Right. Cool. Um, but Greg, <laughs> if you wanted to know what was coming to the Mom and Grab Shops, you would go to the official list of upcoming software across each and every platform as listed by the kind of funny games daily show host each and every weekday. Out today! Life is Strange 2, Episode 3, Wastelands on PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and PC. I feel like there's been far too much time between those episodes. I'm, I'm like, uh, there was a debate in here when we were talking about it. Maybe it was you and me. Maybe it was me and Jen. Maybe it was me and Kevin. I don't know. Yeah, but, January was the last one. Is that right? But it was mm-hmm. like, did episode two ever come out? And I'm like, I did. And I, I was like, I don't remember anything from it. And then I, I had, had to, go to go back and read. I went to Wikipedia. And I was like, oh, yeah. I guess I do remember it. But like episode one, at least I felt like had this impact. Mm-hmm. Episode two kind of just happened. And I was like, all oh, right, okay, whatever. So episode three is out now. Uh, For the King is on Switch. Doling's Arcade is on PS4. Yakuza Kiwami 2 is on PC. Masquerade Songs and Shadows is on Switch. Lost Artifacts Soulstone is on PS4 and Switch. Monster Puzzle is on Switch. Uh, Machi Knights Blood Bagos is on Switch. Uh, I Can is on or I Can is on PC. Pax Nova is on PC. Fortnite Season Nine launches today. Uh, Arcade Archives Terra Force is out on Switch. These are all Switch from here on out. Uh, then it's Ascendance uh, Dragon Snakes. We talked about For the King, Frayne, Dragon's Odyssey, O-T-T-T-D, Over the Top Tower Defense, uh, World End Syndrome. New dates for you. Unruly Heroes comes to PlayStation 4 on May 28th. A Plague Tale Innocence comes to play- PlayStation 4 on May 14th. Battalion 1944 leaves early access on May 23rd. The Irony Curtain, but it's irony, like not ir- it's irony, but like Iron Curtain, but Irony Curtain comes to PC and good old games on uh, Thursday, May 16th, 2019. Uh, Lorne Sword Winter Chronicle is coming to early access on Steam May 30th. And then Star Sky is coming to the Switch on May 20th third Andrew yes Greg it's time for reader mail all but right first I'm going to tell you about our sponsors let's start with Hims, a wellness brand for men you've heard us talking about Hims and how they're helping guys look their best and if you haven't it's time you see what they're all about 66% of men start to lose their hair by the age 35 and once you start to notice thinning hair it can be too late for hims.com a one-stop shop for hair loss skincare sexual wellness and more for men is here to help thanks to science baldness can be optional hims is helping guys be the best version of themselves with licensed physicians and fda approved products to help treat hair loss no snake oil pills or gas station counter supplements these are prescription solutions backed by science you know it we know it andy and nick use it that's how you know we know it because they're over there eating the gummies taking the pills having a good time for him connects you with real doctors online which can save you hours it's completely confidential and discreet unless you're andy and nick and then i have to mention it all the time over and over and over and again that you know that's how it is uh you answer a few quick questions the doctor will review and then if they determine it's right for you you they will prescribe you medication to treat hair loss that is shipped directly to your door you can order now. My listeners can get started with the Hims Complete Hair Kit for just $5 today, right now, while supplies last and subject to a doctor's approval. See the website for full details and safety information. This could cost hundreds if you went to the doctor or a pharmacy somewhere else. Go to forhims.com slash games daily. That's F-O-R-H-I-M-S dot com slash games daily. Forhims.com slash games daily. Next sponsor is 23andMe. With 23andMe's health and ancestry service kit, you can explore more than 125 personalized genetic reports that may reveal the link between your DNA and your health traits and more, including your chances of developing certain diseases. 
23andMe recently released their newest health report on type 2 diabetes, which tells you your genetic likelihood for developing the disease and gives you personalized results and tools that can help with the prevention. Diabetes is a growing public health challenge. One in three adults in the United States has prediabetes, but 90% of those with prediabetes don't know they have it. Type 2 diabetes is influenced by genetics. It's not just lifestyle and weight. Type 2 diabetes is a condition that typically develops as we get older and is caused by many factors, including diet, lack of proper exercise, weight gain, and our genes. 23andMe's Type 2 Diabetes Report offers insights into your genetic likelihood for developing type 2 diabetes and empowers you with personalized results and tools that may help you prevent the disease. You can order now. At twenty, or you order now your twenty three and Me health and ancestry service kit at twenty three and Me dot com slash games. That's the number two three a n d m e dot com slash games. Again, twenty three and Me dot com slash games. In the reader mail section today, we have a special guest. His name, Steve Saylor, the blind gamer. He's hosted Kind of Funny Games daily at least twice, maybe three times, but I think it's twice. Kindoffunny.com slash your He role. also guested on the What's Good Games PAX East panel. We don't talk about that. <laughs> Is that online? Can he, like, people go watch it? Yeah, you can get it wherever you listen to What's Good Games or watch at YouTube.com slash What's Good Games. Perfect, go do I it. I lied, it's not on YouTube, it's only an audio. I forgot Sorry. we never did a video for it. That's it, such a pain in the ass. You drag the camera over there. Right, something go exactly. wrong. Kevin's in the back of the room standing at the sticks. It's you such... want to listen to it. Yesterday anyway. we talked about the patent. Microsoft had filed for a Braille controller with Braille on the back in which I hypothesized how someone who's visually impaired might use it. And I mentioned Steve Saylor by name. He heard my cries and wrote in. Hey, Greg. I heard your bat signal of sorts on Kind of Funny Games Daily yesterday. Ha ha. Thanks for thinking of me when talking about the Braille controller patent. I don't know if he's that like, haha, about it, but I put it in there. I liked it. I used to know basic Braille as I, I'm sorry. I used to know basic Braille as it was feared when I was a kid that I would completely lose all my vision. When my vision didn't deteriorate, thank God, I unfortunately didn't keep up with learning Braille fluently. That being said, this controller would definitely help people who use Braille all the time and even those who may not need it in everyday life. From the brief information I've read about the patent, you are correct in that it seems it will help with on-screen communication with other players, which is something I've avoided and preferred communicating via only voice. However, there are times where I do not want to talk and text would be a preferred option. So, this controller would definitely help with that. Also, the ability to have a game send haptic feedback to the player with what's happening on screen is something that I'm very interested in seeing how Microsoft will accomplish. Uh, I don't speak for everyone. However, if this patent does develop into a consumer product, I'll be the first in line to pick it up. Cheers! Steve Saylor, the blind gamer. Find him on youtube.com slash snowball. Which is a weird name because he should be the blind gamer. But also, snowball very short. You know what I mean? He has it. Don't lose it. You know what I mean? Snowball it's good. very short. It's, it's easy to remember because he's got he's like you know he's like an albino so he's like he's all he's, he looks like a snowball that's his whole thing oh, dude, come on, be cool. that's what he talked about he talked about that on the show that's not me he did tell that story he told that story don't try to do this it's like at the time when we were signing off and he called me an ableist I was like alright <laughs> see you later Steve thank you Steve for writing in we love you very much Next question comes from patreon.com slash games where you can and should write in each and every day with questions. It's Gilly Brums, frequent contributor and a man who brought a crooked commish sign to WWE Smackdown in a kind of funny shirt the other day and got on TV. Congratulations. Good job. Xavier Wood sucks. 
Keely says, good morning, Greg and Andrea. My question is pretty brief today. As everybody's ramping up for E3, do you think next month's Bethesda's conference is going to be a shit show? I can't help but think the Fallout 76 blunder is going to mar the whole show for many fans. Maybe the bigger question is, how do you see see fumbled games as service launches impacting E3 or press conferences in general in the coming years? Curious to know what you guys think. Also, congrats on the KFGD showcase date. All of the hype, Gilly Brums. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. I should have put that out. Yesterday, we confirmed a whole bunch of stuff during that town hall I told you to watch. Uh, most important for you, we have a date and time for the Kind of Funny Games E3 Showcase. You can come watch us debut a bunch of cool indie games, a bunch of different announcements, a bunch of releases at the time on Monday, June 10th, 4.30 p.m. Pacific time. When it ends, over on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games. That's right, we're only doing it on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games because we're using YouTube Premiere. You can roll on over to our Square Enix uh, pre-show coverage. But I digress, Andrea, Renee. E3 right around the corner. Yes. What do you think is going to happen? Do, do you think, as Gilly's worried, Fallout 76 is going to mar the Bethesda conference? No, not at all. Yeah. I, I don't think it will whatsoever. Bethesda has a, a very um, wide breadth of IP that they manage. Fallout is just one of those. Yeah. I fully anticipate us getting some kind of an update about what's happening in Fallout 76 at E3 from Bethesda, but they've already said that they're going to focus on Doom Eternal. Yeah. We're going to get an in-depth look at that. I Wolfenstein's got to be there, right? Yeah, so we have Wolfenstein Youngblood, Young which Blood. we anticipate to be there as well. I'm hoping, fingers crossed, that we get a first sneak peek at Starfield. Um, no way. Maybe. I, I Me too, I hope so, but no way. Teaser trailer? CGI? Something? A logo? We got that last year, kinda. Not really. Whatever, though. They still tease like seven games that we're not gonna play until 2030. Well, I thought they did the right thing last year by getting out in front of people asking about it, by sure. them saying, sure, sure, okay, sure. Well, yes, we're working on it. I don't think we're gonna hear anything about Elder Scrolls 6. I think that's way <laughs> too far away. Um, but I would like to see something about Starfield. I hope so, man. I hope they're close, yeah. But um, maybe they'll do some more stuff for Elder Scrolls Online. That's yeah. been a continuing um, popular game for them. Maybe we'll see something about either Blades or Legends. Definitely. Uh, their mobile stuff, you'll see. Right. Yeah, and I, Elder Scrolls Online, they'll get an update on there. I think it, I, 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 it's interesting, right, Gilly? Because when everything was going wrong with Fallout 76, that was my question of like, can't I, know, I was very reactionary and it shows like how mm-hmm. short everyone's attention span is in the industry right where I was like man if it's this bad how can you do a press conference at E3 everyone will be ready to tear you apart titch, uh, titchforks uh, pitchforks torches they'll be there ready to burn down the entire house right and so much has happened since then not in just Fallout 76 land but in terms of the video game industry as a whole uh, you know the l- latest update to Fallout 76 we read about yesterday I think on the show where they're adding like players can have their own vendor stands now and all this different stuff it sounds like again it took them a long time but that sounds more and more like the game people actually wanted Fallout 76 to be to the point that I'm like I need to turn that back on at some point and jump in and play it but then of course I just want to play the division but I digress in the way that I think it's going there to the point where they're going to be able to come out and do the thing I talked about, right? Where it's like, sure, you open with Doom Eternal or Wolfenstein and with the other one, right? You have your big temples. Hopefully you have some kind of and one more thing teaser that blows everybody away. But in the middle there, it's easy to be like, and let's talk about uh, please welcome the stage, whoever from Fallout 76 or it's just Todd again, right? And it's like, I mean, oh, it'll be Pete. Right, yeah. Well, I mean, Todd came out to talk about 76 last time, right? And he it, did. Yeah, and you know, and we love Pete Hines, obviously. But I think you could, whoever you want to bring out, come out. And I think it would be a good look to have it be Todd again. And be like, mm-hmm. last year I sat on the sta- or stood on the stage and I talked about Fallout 76. And 
it wasn't exactly what even have a little funny montage of fucking broken bugs or whatever or review scores right you know but but we've come a long way and we've added this and we've done this and blah blah, blah. and are like our commitment to this game is unwavering here's what's still coming here's the rest of the plan like we're still very much making this into a follow game you want to play and we you know we hope everybody who did give a chance here's a free trial announcement like i think as the theme of this show has been if you come out and you are a human being about it, right? Of like, it didn't launch the way we wanted to. We learned a lot. We fucked up a lot, but we're in a much better sp- space now. But this has been very good about the that messaging, sure. at least in the past. And I think that's a reason why, well, one of the reasons why we have so much respect for Pete Hines, the the head of their marketing there, because he's willing to have some of those tough conversations yeah. uh, with people without kind of mincing words about it, which I appreciate. But I... I don't think the everything that happened with Fallout 76 is going to mar Bethesda no, in a permanent that. way. Right? I think we're like, past that, and I think it is that you come out and you deliver the message right here. You get it to a grander stage of like, mm-hmm. no, Fallout 76 is kind of worth your time. Because like, you know, uh, Susan Arnett, or, or, or I can never pronounce her last name. I always mess it up too, and I've known Susan forever. Yeah. Aren't? Aren't? Yeah, okay. Susan. Everybody Susan, knows her in the industry, Susan, right? we're sorry. She actively plays Fallout 76 and tweets about Fallout 76 all the time, right? And I know there's so many people on the subreddit that do. I still follow the subreddit. I think it is that thing. If you come out and obviously in the chat, it's going to be like, no, Fallout 76 law, and people are like, oh my God. Fallout. If they show a bunch of cool shit and you have people who are still playing it being like, no, guys, it actually is way better. It actually has turned a corner. It actually is something that's either worth your time or about to be worth your time. That's all you need. That's all the messaging you need. And let alone the fact that if you're willing to go out there and take it on the chin and talk to the audience about it, cool. It's a bigger question, I think, and not even question because it's exactly what I'm talking about here, just with less time for Anthem. At EA Play this year, right? Like Anthem's going to be one of the games you assume. Mm-hmm. Right? They probably already announced it. I don't. Know. I can't keep it all straight. But it's a no-brainer that it's going to be. <laughs> of course, they are p- hopefully going to be pushing a big update right that, around E3. And that's the thing, right? Like you have to imagine when you talk about Anthem, it needs to be, hey, Anthem's not where we want it to be. But this is what we've done so far. We, you know, we even that we screwed up and paused this and did that. But you do have the ability with the latest or what at you know second to latest update by the time they get on stage, you assume. That, hey, you can, you know, you don't have to go back to the forge. You don't have to go back to your uh, home base anytime. You can go into missions over and over. Like, we're working on this. And that, you need to come out and deliver that message. It's interesting because Fallout 76 has had so much more time, so many more updates, so much more DLC added to it. Whereas Anthem is still in a place where I feel Anthem still hasn't got, I don't think, I don't see the corner turn yet. Oh, no, they still have some work to do for sure. Yeah. And that's the thing of how do you, message that legitimately and still talk in a way to excite your fans and excite future players, hopeful players. Well, I think they could maybe look at how Bungie has evolved the conversation with Destiny players since original Destiny launched and say, hey, you know, we hear what you guys are asking for. This is the roadmap. Let's be really clear about the feature set that we're working on. And I think that's, you know, the conversation we had when Anthem launched was that this game clearly would have benefited from launching in early access or at least in closed or open beta to have a longer period of dialogue with people who are willing to help workshop some of those issues because there's obviously a, a, a swath of players out there who are excited about that yeah. who want to help test off that stuff well i mean yeah you know I, what mean, I mean you're, you're hitting the nail on the head from the first or second news story right of andrew wilson right of like we're, we need to change how we do it and yes anthem would have been so different if it launched and it said beta if it said early access and it was people jumping in there be like load time suck why can't i come back and do this blah blah and then be like cool thank you we're listening we're, we're gonna work on that we're gonna change all that blah blah instead of launching in a state that was here you go. 
$60, if not more, games as a service from Bioware, from EA. And people getting to be like, wait, what the fuck? Like, mm-hmm. when you launch with that tag on, it's a different thing. And I think, especially with games as a service, you find an audience that is so into that so into being we were there first when it did, it wasn't great but now it's great and everybody should play it and blah, blah you just lose as andrew wilson talked about earlier in the show the traditional marketing push of how you make sense of all that but i think i think obviously as he talked about today they've learned their lesson and, and again it's just talk at this point but they've learned their lesson in terms of yep we are in a different spot with these types of games we cannot treat them like we treat madden or how we treat star wars like we have to make sure we're coming out and saying let's learn together let's work it all out together I think there's ways to fix that still for them. I think it's it's been uh, you know more and more punch in the face over and over again. But if you can get out and reward players, and you were there first, and here's a bunch of in-game currency, and here's how we're changing it, blah blah blah. But it's still a different thing for EA or E3 slash EA Play to come out and be like, "Cool, this isn't like an uplifting segment. <laughs> we're not. We can't come out and just be like everything's so great. We need to be like." Things have been rough, and they're going to be a little rough for a little bit. We got good stuff coming, and we're working on it. We well, want they did you. that a little bit with the Battlefront segment of last year's EA Play, sure. but clearly they need to go further, and they need to make it more of a dialogue than yeah. you know development teams just speaking at the community and saying yeah. like, "Hey, let's totally. talk about what the complaints you guys have brought up and how we're going to address those specifically." And that goes back to the Wilson stuff, right? Where I hope that this is fucking true, mm-hmm. and I hope that, that what that means is cool reins are off you can talk to your community and, be, and actually talk to them about what's happening where you're at mm-hmm. why they're not getting what they want but how you're working with it rather than a random reddit post that gets blown up here and there i digress we'll have to wait and see isn't that right kevin yeah thanks buddy it's time to squad up this is where one of you writes into patreon.com slash kind of funny games you give me your name username platform of choice and why you need help in a video game i read it here the best friends come and find you. Your the, the the dangling mic cord hit your thing over there. Yep. We got all these. We got all these weird danglies today. Uh, yeah, man. I'm There's sorry, all over dude. the place. I knocked one out I'm earlier. There was like boop, boop. Barrett for not clipping I've been them like on. Fucking it. Barrett. I hate you know, Barrett. I mean, you know what I mean? Look at this. Easy to do the job right. I don't, I, we were talking about when we came in, you know, we miss Cool Greg doing this because there's no coasters. The table was a mess. Cool like, Greg was a G. Cool Greg was great. He's watching, dude. He Barrett's watching right now. Barrett. Exactly, Barrett's yeah, not here. This I is on you. Barrett I'm insulting you now. That the fact oh, that he doesn't me? put posters yeah, out bothers me. You did this today. In embarrassment. Cool Greg's rolling over in his bed wherever he is. I think Cool Greg's awake by now. He's probably I don't know. Time to squad up. Uh, Tom Caswell needs help on Xbox. His Xbox username is great. Bry Tom. So like Britain, but Bry Tom. B-R-I-T-O-M. Uh, that's two words. Great. Bry Tom. Uh, he says, level 10 Division 2 player. Played at launch, but then lost myself to Sekiro. Looking to jump back in with anyone that's willing to play <laughs> with a low-level Division player. If you want to play with Tom and maybe Gary Wood on Xbox, go. Find him. Great. Bry Tom. Play some Division 2 with him. We need to talk about how, what was your thoughts on uh, yesterday's announcement? The gear score staying at 500. So I listened to you and Fran's conversation it about it. Yeah. And I absolutely understand why they made the decision that they did. And you're never going to please everybody. Mm-hmm. But I think with the way that they've designed tailoring your gear set, I think it's the right call to not increase the gear score. Because I was just talking about this with another dev team for a game 
um, that I can't speak about yet. But I essentially was expressing my frustration with some of Destiny 2's events in that I love the chase of this new gear set. Like yep. I was chasing for the revelry sets when that event was happening. But then it's so irritating that because there's no transmog system yep. in the game and I'm always going after the next light level, the next light level, that I feel like I get this cool stuff and then there's no way for me to actually use the cool stuff that I got. I got it. Great. I have. Oh, there's new shit. Dump the old shit. Like as yeah. soon as you get to start doing it. Yeah, totally. I hope Division figures that out because I would love the idea. The same thing they have in Assassins and tra- Transmog, right? Like it's a thing that exists in a million games. Right. But just be able to just take Transmog in every game. I'm using such an. I'm using <laughs> such a fucking ugly backpack right now in Division Two. I'm like, can I please? I had cool backpacks before. Can I just unlock that style and apply yeah. it to this? Yeah. And I understand the recalibration system is supposed to be a step in the Transmog direction. Yeah. But it's not there yet, and it's. It's not perfected and obviously like the game just came out a couple months ago so they're probably tweaking it oh, and sure. working on it but I think it was the right call for them to say you know what we have all of these end game players who are chasing the perfect set and we'll kind of throw a monkey wrench into that if we add all of this new gear at a higher level because all that new stuff that dropped when you know you got to world tier 5 those yeah. green sets I've just been you know putting them all in my stash yeah, because they keep dropping at gear score so much lower than I'm at yep. I would love to put a full set together and experience what six pieces of armor perks actually are like in a group setting and going into a stronghold. You know, yeah, but totally. I agree. I don't know. I don't know either, Andrea. It's time for You're Wrong, where we find out all the things we didn't know and got wrong. It's pretty clear today. Remember, if you're watching live, twitch.tv slash kindoffunnygames, you can go to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. Tell us what we screw up as we screw it up so we can set the record straight for everybody watching later on youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames and listening on podcast services around the globe. Uh, Cog Show says, you said your Gamescast video of, da- video of Days Gone Conversation is different than a review, but the video is literally called Days Gone review. Maybe I misunderstood what you meant. You did. Sorry if it was unclear. I was probably moving quick through because it's a conversation we've had before. The Days Gone review, I was saying it's different. What's different is the conversation players are having around Days Gone versus what critics are having uh, with their review. Mm -hmm. So I'm very much counting my Days Gone review as reviews. I said in that thing, I played it and treated it more like an IGN review than I have since I left IGN for any game. I'm saying that that is a review versus, so I'm sitting there being like, well, because of this, because of that, it means that the game doesn't equal out to be great or whatever versus somebody who's playing it and says the same thing, but then it's like, I'm having a great time with the game. That's different in my opinion. Did you see this? New look. Oh, she, oh, Taylor Swift dyed the tips of her hair? Yeah. Nice. T-Swift, I, I, I have me stuck in my head right now. I'm pretty stoked. It's a good song. Really good. <laughs> Return to the form. Even though, as I said, I've been saying publicly, reputation grew on me. The older I got. Took, I took yeah. a couple years off. Me, Kevin, and Jen listened to it when we were going to DC Comics that one time. Remember that, Kev? Yeah, you do. We were in the car. You filmed a vlog about it. We listened to Reputation once, and I never listened to it again until like years later. And I was like, you know what? This is pretty good. Barrett. Didn't Barrett was definitely not working with us when we went and did that. Oh, thank you. Kevin's throwing up the entertainment with you. What? So, what are we advertising here? Just the hair? Is it? Is she talking about a new album? Yeah, she's talking about her new music. When's when's the new album dropping? Because like me, me is a great song. Kevin, find out when Taylor Swift's new album dropping. Nanobiologist said, has two corrections. Greg, I wanted to clarify the last two episodes of Life is Strange 2 release dates have been announced. Oh, this was not what we were unclear about. Uh, episode 4 is... Oh, this sucks, though. Episode 4 is the 22nd of August, and episode 5 is the 3rd of December. So about three months between each game. Yikes. Or no, each thank episode. You. Yeah, no. I might just let them stack now. Because I don't I, even... I know. I might too. No, nah, sorry. Play it no, all in one go. No good. No good. And then Nanobiologist confirms I was correct. Uh, Steve has hosted Kind of Funny Games Daily twice. Ladies and gentlemen, 
If you didn't know, this has been Kind of Funny Games Daily. Each and every weekday on a variety of platforms, we run you through the nerdy video game news you need to know about. If you like that, head over to patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames. If you went there today, of course, and backed us at the silver level, you could watch us record the Kind of Funny Games cast this afternoon. You could put in your questions for the entire month. You could have a great time. Remember, if you have no bucks to toss away, no big deal. We'll be doing a reaction to PlayStation's State of Play today, 3 p.m. Pacific time, twitch.tv slash kindoffunnygames. You could pop back over, come do the games cast the second half. Even though Kevin doesn't like it, too bad. We have to do it, all right? We have to. Andrea? Yes, Greg? You're leaving us. I mean, you're doing the games cast, but in terms of the games daily segments, you're not on tomorrow. So it's important to point out, what's good? New episode tomorrow. Yes. Then Saturday, what's good? Second year anniversary yes. streamathon. It's going to be so exciting. Is, and where's the live stream? Did I already screw this up? Uh, no, so you can watch it at youtube.com slash what's good games uh-huh. or at twitch.tv slash what's good games. Um, it's going to be from 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. Pacific time. Uh, we're going to be... Um, we have a little anniversary video that uh, the amazing Pixel Brave put together for us. Um, we're going to have a cool slideshow. Uh, we're going to be uh, t- uh, debuting our Pride or What's Good Games Pride t-shirt nice. that we're going to be selling. And somehow Brittany thinks that she's going to convince Steimer and I to play Five Nights at Freddy's. So Oh, wow. Okay. I guess that's happening. So everybody's in town again? <laughs> yes. Awesome. All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, until next time, it's been our pleasure to serve you. <laughs>